Hey everybody, Terry here, uh, back with another episode of the Alston Pudding Podcast. I'm really excited for this week's episode, this week's interview. Um, this uh, artist has the distinction of being the first non-Boston musician that I'll be talking to, because uh, like I said, it's we're mostly focused on Boston, but I'm not, you know limiting to that this is an artist that um you know i'm i'm really i was really excited to talk to so i was super super glad that she agreed to an interview um she's also the first non-us based artist her name is Jeanette king uh she's originally from vancouver canada but she is currently based in montreal i met Jeanette a little over two years ago it was May 2019, uh, her manager, Sarah Armiento, who had manages Hot Tramp, which is a Montreal-based management company and label, reached out to me to preview Jeanette's gig at Lilypad um, in Inman Square, Cambridge, because Jeanette and her label mate, Marise, were rolling through Boston on their first U.S. tour. Um, so I checked out Jeanette's EP 143, which had come out a little before that and was just blown away by her amazing talent as a singer, her ear for like good production. She kind of works within the sector of pop R&B, but it has a lot of like housey electronic elements. So I was like really drawn in to that sound. But anyway, Jeanette just dropped her debut full-length album, What We Lost, at the end of June. And I've been anticipating this album so, so much uh, since I knew it was coming out. The preceding singles were amazing. But yeah, uh, as you'll hear in the episode, this is a very conceptually driven pop album, which, you know, I love pop music, but sometimes albums aren't in the pop sector aren't necessarily driven by shared themes and concepts. So I always appreciate when a, when a pop artist does something like that. The album explores a lot of themes of love, but not like the ooey gooey stuff, like real human love and sort of the ends of relationships. I don't know, it does a lot to deconstruct this idea that you have to sacrifice yourself or compromise yourself for the sake of staying in a relationship even if that might not be good for you a couple songs were written uh last summer in 2020 in reaction to a lot of the police violence against black people and so we are towards the end of this episode we are going to talk a little bit about that more so hear Jeanette's uh, impetus for, for writing those songs and addressing those issues and themes on her album. So once again, this interview will be broken up into two parts. So this will be part one. But yeah, uh, without further ado, here we go. Stop. 
Welcome to another episode of what is growing into the Austin Pudding podcast, which is the too obvious name that I can't resist, <laughs> uh, can't resist using. Uh, so today I'm speaking to Jeanette King, uh, a Montreal-based pop R&B musician, about her most recent album that came out on June 25th, What We Lost. Jeanette, how are you? I'm well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Thanks for thanks for taking the time to sit down and talk to me. I um in a my completely completely biased stance here. Like I now that it's out, um it's been amazing to hear hear the album. Um mm-hmm. I was really excited uh for this. Um I had it I had it pre-ordered maybe like 2 months ago and then okay. like a, a, a week before it came out, I was like, "Oh, I should go pre-order that." <laughs> and went to Bandcamp and I was like, oh, wait, I already did that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Aw, that's so great. Um, no, but it, uh, I've listened to it like a couple times this weekend. I was just listening to it, you know, in the past hour to kind of get in the mindset uh, right. to talk to you and come up with some some talking points. But I mean, how does it because this is your first uh, like full length release, right? It is. Yeah, it's my first full length album. Um, yeah, ever. Yeah. Uh, how does it feel to be to have it out? out in the world be done with it Uh, um it in some ways feels like the ending but in other ways feels like just the beginning like it mm -hmm. feels like now that it's out I can finally like like perform these songs now and like 
yeah. um, maybe like book a tour and like um, now like we can like think about other types of merch we can get and like um, maybe some charities to work with that like we can donate some of that those proceeds to and if there's yeah. like a whole other like um, like ball that gets rolling once you actually release your album <laughs> so yeah it's it's like the ending of one part and then like the beginning of the of the other mm-hmm. and and probably in the performance side of things like we're having shows again um seems mm-hmm. like I, I don't know how it's been because i think up in canada you guys were in lockdown for a little longer than we were mm-hmm. in here in the states which was probably the right the right call in my opinion but uh <laughs> it seems like here restrictions got lifted a little little too early because people were right. very upset they couldn't get their hair cut and i heard and, and go to home depot or whatever that's um, what yeah that's what i that's what i hear. <laughs> um but yeah so uh i believe you were able was there a show this past weekend yeah there was a show on on the actual day of the release and uh, that was like an outdoor show. Um, only like 30 people could could buy tickets. So it was very like minimal capacity. Because like, yeah, we're still like at the very end, tail end. Like I think we're still in like the yellow zone or orange zone. I don't know how Montreal is doing it. But like, yeah, we're not in the green yet. So um, there's still like some restrictions that we have to abide by and mm-hmm. all that. But yeah, we it's it's cool now that like shows are starting to happen again it feels like the music scene might come back to life you know oh yeah yeah um no that's the same same feeling is uh sort of happening here at least in boston where uh especially with the summer there's a lot of outdoor shows booked um yeah which is which is great i love being outside during the summer Uh, i know i know some people it's i don't know what the weather's like currently in montreal but it's very been very hot and humid the past few days here and i know some people aren't super into that and there's a lot of implications about climate change that aren't good but i kind of like being hot and sweaty uh so i don't mind (laughs) too much yeah well i'm caribbean so like hot and sweaty is like what i'm like that's my natural habitat (laughs) like (laughs) if it's if the sun is out and it's like warm and and i can sweat a little bit like i that i'm Mm -hmm. happy uh where uh in the caribbean are you from were you were you born in the caribbean well my parents are both from an island called saint vincent saint vincent and the grenadines and um i was born in vancouver british columbia okay but we go back often so it it feels like a second home to me there nice Mm -hmm. um and so now that it's been the album's been out a couple days uh how's the response been that you've been getting Honestly, it's, it's unbelievable, like the amount of people that have sent me messages and people that have ordered the album and, you know, just people that are supporting in, in ways that I didn't like really expect. I'm, I'm very like overjoyed with the response. People are liking it and that's all you really want as an mm-hmm. artist. Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. Um, but yeah, and so there's been like a, you've been able to do like a vinyl pressing and you have have the shirts, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. We have the shirt. We have the shirts and and a vinyl. And then you could also like you know order them digitally as well. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, so f- for anyone listening, go to Jeanette's Bandcamp page if you're interested in 
and picking that up. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if it's available at on any other outlets, but that that is the one that I know of off the top of my head. Yeah, um, that's 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 the one. Yeah, um, but yeah, I guess. Uh, I kind of want to start just going over your background a little as a, as an artist. Um, so when did you, cause I first got connected with you when Sarah, uh, Sarah Army and so Jeanette's, Jeanette's manager and now, now label boss, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. She's the boss. Uh, <laughs> uh, reached out to me cause Jeanette and her label partner, Marie's were doing a, a U.S. tour in, spring of 2019 which yeah. is on, was only two years ago feels but... <laughs> like three thousand years ago <laughs> um but yeah so i did a preview of that show for alston pudding and then ended up uh going to your show at the lily pad um and ended up meeting you and marie's and uh great great show lily pad is a very very intimate space up in inman square in cambridge um mm-hmm. And so got to kind of experience your music live for the first time. Um, and that was, you had just released 143, the EP. Yeah. Um, so, but before that, uh, how long have you been making music and, and releasing music and kind of what's your, what's your background and how'd you get into, into recording as a yeah. solo artist? Well, I was in a few bands before I was a solo artist. I I was in a band called the Ponderosas where I wrote, played piano, played guitar and uh, sang lead alongside my best friend, Christy McCracken. Um, And then I was in a band called So Close, which was kind of electronic duo like me and Jordan Esau, who's a producer who Mm -hmm. actually produced half of like almost half of the album, what we lost, but, um, and then, uh, and then I, once he kind of, he moved away from Montreal. And so I was, uh, I decided to kind of go solo and I was like, this is, this is the time, you know, like, I think this is it time to go solo. So I did and, uh, created one, four, three. And then, and then now here we are with what we lost. Yeah, and I was a big fan of one four three when I first heard it. Um, mm. But now for this one, it definitely feels like, especially on the production side of things, like the producers you're using. Because I know uh, Jordan produced some of the tracks on that as well. He did, yeah. He, I think he did. Um, I need love and uh, in vain. Yeah. Yeah, uh, but I mean, the production on this as a whole just sounds like you know, everybody, because I know you produced uh, a couple tracks on this yourself, too. Yeah. Um, Like just everybody involved. It sounds like sort of like leveling up. Um, I remember a friend of mine around here tweeted recently that music gets a lot easier when you kind of look at it like a role playing game uh, Mm -hmm. where you just kind of like level up your different skills. And um, (laughs) wow. Yeah, that's an interesting way to look at it. But now, this, like this sounds, I would. I've been try, trying to get some friends that I know around here into to listen to what we lost, um, and I'm like, mm. I would stack this up, like production wise, performance wise, against like any like big big pop artist that that you know, um, that's like, you know, on these on these big 
Spotify playlists. <laughs> that means a lot. Wow. Yeah. I feel like, yeah, it's funny to go from like, cause there's a difference between like bedroom electronic music and then like produced electronic music. And I feel like this album kind of fits somewhere in between. Like it's not super polished, but it's definitely like, like you say, like, I feel like it's a step in a different direction from one, four, three. And, uh, yeah, I, I definitely want people to think that I've evolved as an artist. I definitely feel like I've evolved. 2020 was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think uh, pretty pretty much across the board, whatever yeah. you're doing, whether it's music or just, just yeah. living your life, that was a pretty crazy, crazy time. But also like, I don't know, like pressure, pressure makes diamonds, right? Exactly. Um, exactly. That's uh, very true. So when did you start like writing and beginning to record uh the songs for this album so i would say it's hard really to say because i think a lot of people start writing albums before they know that they're writing an album Mm -hmm. you know what i mean like like i think a lot of people like you'll start writing songs and then next thing you know like these songs actually like are cohesive somehow And then you're like, oh, wait, I'm actually making an album. So that's kind of how it was for me. Um, I didn't like in the beginning when I wrote Airplane, I didn't set out to like make a whole full length album. But I wrote it like four years ago, maybe five years ago. And uh, yeah, and I um, it just was never right to put on anything before or like it felt like it wasn't finished. You know, like it took a while for it to be finished, but. I would say concretely about Use me You just wanna use me You say that you miss me But that I don't buy then started focusing on that so maybe two years long-winded answer sorry (laughs) well so no i don't uh it's fine um so it seems like airplane was that the first of these songs that kind of came yeah yeah Yeah. so it sounds like that was sort of you know in the decks for like a while 
Mm-hmm. Finally found a place for it, uh, and that so that kicks off the album, and that has such a high high energy like intro track. That's one of there are a couple songs in this album that are very much in the sort of like one twenty BPM like dancey range, like mm-hmm. almost almost house music yes. oriented, um, which I love because I uh, those those were like my favorite tracks in the uh, off one four three were the ones okay. where you kind of did something in that style yeah um, yeah but there's a couple other ones on this album too that are like any djs out there that are looking for some good like housey pop uh i, I would tip them off to, to yeah. those tracks yeah there's definitely a few like dance ones for sure yeah but yeah uh so i kind of want to get into the the thematic content of of what we lost too because um yeah i feel like as an album it's like very very tight thematically um Mm -hmm. uh, you know there's a lot of talk about kind of what what real love is um not just this sort of like fantasy that like we're kind of presented by the media um, of like you know having to sacrifice your own your own self your own identity your own goals seem you're very much going down this this road of like why should i have to i don't know water myself down just for the sake of somebody else Mm -hmm. yeah i think that you hit the nail on the head there i think yeah and in our perception of relationship i think people expect especially nowadays where you are bombarded by images and visuals of people at their best at all times it you kind of are programmed to believe that that's what relationship looks like so when you enter into a relationship with someone you love and you get to the point where you reach a hurdle um, to overcome a lot of the times I think people put up that image of themselves and their relationship and their hurdles up against what we always see um, as like this picturesque relationship that doesn't actually exist and then they decide to quit prematurely you know mm-hmm. like in um lauren hill's speech that we put in the be- the end or the beginning of you don't love me it's like you're not interesting to me anymore goodbye you know like i mm-hmm. think a lot of the times we give up really soon because we don't know what work means in relationship and that was the reality that I wanted to display in the, in the album is just that with the light comes the dark. You can't have good without bad. Like it doesn't exist. Duality is present in nature. And um, I think that it's important for us to remind ourselves that like, Oh, I'm in a flow or, Oh, I'm in an ebb. And you know, the, the mm-hmm. other is about to come at some point and that's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Like you have to, to love somebody truly, you have to kind of accept them as a whole person and their ups and downs rather than just like, there are going to be difficult patches in any relationship. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. you also have to like look out for your own self love too during exactly. those things. Um, yeah, exactly. So I was at boundaries are. Sorry, yeah. go ahead. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was, I'm, thank you for mentioning. I was going to ask who the, that vo- that vocal sample was so that's miss lauren hill oh yeah that was yeah. lauren hill that one yeah i knew is so is the other one on cool me down i think is that eartha kit it is yeah i've i've heard that um i've heard that used in a... what is compromising compromising for what 
compromising for what reason? To compromise for what? Yeah, it's because isn't that from like an interview she was giving where she was basically saying like, if someone wants to live with me, uh, like it's not up to me to like compromise myself and my own my own values and my own Mm -hmm. creativity, my own Mm -hmm. intensity. Like Mm -hmm. it's up to the other person to to accept me for for all those things. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not going to compromise. Yeah, exactly. Because that's what it is. It's like when you're getting to the root of somebody, it's like people have shadows. And if you're not able to accept their shadows, then you're not able to accept them. Mm-hmm. So that's really what it comes down to. It makes sense why you, why you picked them to go with those songs. But uh, where'd you kind of first come across them and, and then decide that, okay, these, these are the right vocal sample introductions for these tracks? Well, I'm obsessed with uh, Lauren Hill, so I definitely love to hear her speak, um, especially in her like earlier days. I feel like she she was tapping into some sort of like spiritual, like higher power because I just resonate a lot with like a lot of the things she used to say. And so, yeah, I, I came across it naturally, both of them just by like researching these two 
amazingly talented and incredible women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That uh, miseducation still like still sounds amazing to this day. It hasn't like aged a day. It's still super relevant. I don't think these ideas about relationships and like that loving someone else first starts with self-love. I don't think those are, are new ideas, but I still think they're new enough to be, to be radical. Um, right. I think from a musical sense, especially I think a lot of people think of like R and B and soul as these like super romantic genres. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like she was an early proponent of like, let's take off the rosy tints and like um, be real. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think that's definitely it. Have you seen, um, and back on to Eartha Kitt now, there's a, I forget what the name of the documentary is, but there's a documentary about her that came out in the last couple of years. Hmm. Um, and it covers like a, a solid portion of her life and career. Um, that's incredible. What do you remember what it's called? Um, Cause I love her. I know that she went through it. Yeah. And she was also, uh, oh, it's called All By Myself. All By Myself. Uh, the Earth the Kid story. It's on, all on uh, Vimeo. But no, she definitely went through it, uh, especially from a government angle. Right. Because uh, Lady Bird Johnson, the, the first lady, um, sort of had a, a, a grudge against her for a long time because she was a, a very vocal opponent of the Vietnam War. Yep, I remember that. And then didn't she like public publicly denounce it? And then she was blacklisted. Yes, exactly. Gross. Yeah. And which is, you know, how many, you know, like white guy rock stars at the time were saying similar things and yeah. are, you know, never had their are seen still as seen as like huge influential legends to this day. I know. And she's seen as like radical anti anti anti-government, like anti-American. Mm-hmm. It's really horrible, you know, when people see the injustices of like black women specifically these days, it's like a surprise, but it's been happening, you know, mm-hmm. since time and just another example. And that's also a theme that you get into on this album too. Um uh specifically on where did, where did my Spotify go? Uh, is it change is the one where you oh, yes. pretty much directly address like black oppression, uh, violence against black people. Um, and yeah. so that very much feels in line with, especially what was going on last summer with like global protests against police violence. Uh, so when did you kind of start writing that one down? I wrote that one down basically after there was like um, a press conference with uh, Breonna Taylor's sister, just like hearing her words really, really touched me and, uh, you know, reminded me that we're nowhere near the end of this movement. And um, it was a great inspiration for action Mm -hmm. and it just fell out of me. You know, the song just kind of like just came because I think that's what happens when you're moved by something so great. You just have to write, you have to get it out. It's like an itch you need to scratch, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah.
you know, you, there's the lyric, you use no justice, no peace as a lyric. Um, and I'm going to paraphrase here, but there's a, a verse where you're basically just like, I'm, I'm tired. Like, I'm not, I don't need, I don't need your, your pity. I don't need your sympathy. Like mm -hmm. I'm tired. Like this needs, mm -hmm. this needs to end. And I think that's, uh, you know, that echoes a lot of, a lot of people's feelings. Uh, yeah. Um, I think that, I think this is the thing. I think that people, when they are faced with these injustices and they're able to like see it with their own eyes, they do feel sorrow. They feel grief. You know, they might feel empathy and sympathy. But the thing is, like, those feelings aren't going to change anything. Mm -hmm. Feel them, of course, like, it's important. But, like, we don't need tears, you know? We don't need sadness. And, like, for people to say, I'm sorry, we need action. In order to have action, you, you need to be angry enough mm -hmm. to, like, for it to inspire action. So that's kind of what where, where I was coming from with those lyrics. Yeah. Like white, white guilt effectively does nothing. Exactly. Except just like serves, you know, white people who feel guilty and can now try to feel better about themselves. Yes, exactly. And, you know, feel the feelings, of course, feel the feelings, but like actually do something. Mm -hmm. Don't just feel the feelings and say, I'm sorry. Uh, but I think that that track also also gets at this this self love aspect too, um, where I wish I had a lyric sheet for it. But um, you like know, when I'm saying human, a human yeah, life just like yours. Yes, yeah, exactly. That was that was the one that another one that stuck stuck out. Um, mm. But uh, yeah, where it's like we all need to see everybody you know black people that's why saying black lives matter over all lives matter is is so critical because yeah for such a long time you know they haven't mattered yeah mm -hmm. there's uh you know too much history um i know at least on the u.s side of things of like dehumanizing black people i think that the only way through it is together because you know the movement can't just be a movement of black people like it can't we're not going to get anywhere we have to do it together and the only way to do it together is if we're able to see all of us as human like if we're e able to actually move as one um through unity and like we're not going to get there if if there's no um vision in that direction you know um, yeah, I think in Canada, you know, black issues are definitely huge and important, but for us, it's, it's definitely more of an issue of indigenous sovereignty and like their lack of the lack of justice for indigenous people here. It's very similar to, or how I see it, um, in the States for black folks. I mean, in the, in the States here, we have our own very, very sorted, terrible history of treatment of of indigenous peoples as well right yeah um, it just it never ends <laughs> it never there's always something um and that's that's what we have to keep in mind there's like a lot of issues yeah, well i thank you for for breaking down because i don't know the the canadian history so much of uh like black and indigenous treatment because i think especially um coming from the U S 
education system, uh, when we learn about, you know, the history of slavery, Canada was always kind of presented as like the land of salvation for runaway slaves where they were fleeing north through the Underground Railroad and um, into Canada. You know, I think that somewhat gives us this false idea, you know, of United States Americans um, gives us this false idea of like Canada being this like, you know, super progressive land of, I don't know, of like promises and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, No, there was actually slavery of black people in Canada for a little while and until they abolished it um, because the land wasn't suitable, um, you know, for whatever reasons. And then, yeah, black folks had a really tough time having viable land on which they could grow crops and live and um, were continuously pushed out of, um, of, livable areas so that you know white folks could claim that land and it's the same thing that that has happened um in the states and it wasn't you know there was racism and inequality and um slavery up here as well so yeah yeah Uh, well yeah i don't want to make you you dwell on that for, for too long, but <laughs> thank you for breaking that down. We should get back to the self-love Yeah, of <laughs> course, of course. I mean, uh, these things are important to talk about, so thank you for absolutely. bringing them up. Yeah, absolutely. And live inside the moment where love is not so fragile. 
It's unconditional. Let go of expectations and live inside the moment where love is not so fragile. It's unconditional. Let go of expectations and live inside the moment where love is not so fragile. It's unconditional. Let go of expectations and live inside the moment where love is not so fragile. It's unconditional. So usually I've been trying to keep these audio clips of the artist's music to roughly two minutes, but I kind of let that last song ride um, just because it's, it's really good, it really hits. really wanted you to hear that uh, vocal sample that Jeanette chose to use in that song at the beginning and end. Um, yeah, anyway, if you, if you dug what Jeanette had to say. If you dug her music, be sure to listen to What We Lost on Bandcamp, Spotify, Apple Music, what have you. Um, this is definitely an album that I coughed up the, the money for on Bandcamp. Pre-ordered it. I think I mentioned that in the episode. Because yeah, like I said, Jeanette is, is a delightful, delightful person um, and incredibly, incredibly talented vocalist and songwriter and i highly highly recommend giving this album a spin in full we will be back with jeanette next week to finish off our interview where we'll focus a little more on on the fun side of the album the as well as you know the romantic side of things thank you so much uh to jeanette to Sarah Armiento, Jeanette's label manager. Um, also, thank you to anyone who now five episodes into this show. If you have listened to any of them, big thank you to you uh, for sticking with this. Hope by now you've gotten the sense that I'm trying to cover, you know, a, a wide breadth of music and. Once again, I want to throw it out there that you can feel free to hit me up um, via email, harry at alstonpudding.com. Uh, if you have any recommendations for artists that you would love to hear more about, like right from their mouth, because that's sort of the point of this podcast. You know, I record all my interviews anyway, whether I'm writing them up or not. Uh, and it kind of got to the point where like, I wanted to cut out the middleman of, of having to distill an artist's words through my own writing voice. Because, I don't know, I think the conversations we have are, are just interesting enough on their own, and I want people to hear them. Uh, so yeah, big thank you to you, and I will see you next week. <laughs>